Welcome to Textual Healing, a music podcast for writers by writers. Here we'll be interviewing some of our favorite authors about musical influences, favorite genres, and how all of that plays into the way that they write. I'm your host, Mallory Smart, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Andy Tran, where we'll be talking with one of my favorite writers, Nick Gregorio. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm, uh, I'm very excited. I like to talk about myself and um, a shameless self-promotion. So <laughs> That's why we invited you. Nice. <laughs> okay, so Andy, do you want to explain what this music uh, podcast is all about? Yeah, so this music podcast is uh, basically uh, we are going to be interviewing writers who have an affinity for music and we want to see what their music tastes are. And if they're musicians like Nick, that's even better, you know, uh, that's pretty much the gist of it, I think. Yeah. And even writers who don't exactly have a musical background. I oh, of course. A lot of yeah, them yeah. tend to have like musical influences and such. Mm. But, um, I understand that you've been listening to Nick's music music. Yeah, I've listened to it. Yeah, I know, Nick, you're from Philly, right? I am, yeah. That's awesome. So <laughs> how would you describe your band? I, would, the, the one from Philly, is, is that is, would you describe it as punk? Or I don't want to categorize it. Um, yeah, so um, are you talking about Grayson specifically? Yes. Yeah, Grayson, we, we kind of call it um, skate punk. Um, okay. Like, uh, it's really fast. It gets kind of snotty. And it might be, like, really bright and shiny music that you can tap your toe and sing along to. But, like, the lyrics Mm. are dark as hell. So (laughs) that's where where I'm coming from. That's great. Yeah, that's exactly my personality. (laughs) (laughs) Was was Scatterbrain the, the genesis before... Um, Grayson, or so did it's actually, start first, or is it's it both actually the same? a really, it's a really long. So I started a band. Um, Let's get into it. <laughs> I started a band in high school in like 2001. Okay, um, and we called ourselves um, Catchphrase, and then Great. we uh-huh. sort of kept on going. Um, our original guitarist went and joined like a Christian rock band, so we uh-huh. sort of shifted. Um, from this sort of like dramatic um, emo type style that was going on at that point um, <laughs> and went to like straight up like we wanted to be like MXPX and slick shoes and stuff like that. And mm. um, we called ourselves the next big thing. And then the next big thing got had a couple members come through and that band became Scatterbrain. And then our previous bassist for Scatterbrain, who had gone and quit. Uh, at one point because he did not like how I am apparently a control freak. And that is understandable. I am, I am a miser when it comes to this stuff. Mm, um, sure. But he asked me really? to join. Oh yeah. Right. Oh I'm yeah. I'm shocked about you being a control freak, uh-huh. but yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, if I'm not, if I'm not getting it my way, I'm, I'm like not 100% thrilled about it and it's a flaw, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's something I deal with. Um, but um, sure. Yeah, but he. What's shocking me about that is, sorry to cut you off, is that punk music, and there seems to be a perception that, like, there is no, like, controlling and everything. It's just visceral and 
stuff. Mm. Oh, for sure. Uh, that is certainly true. Um, but when it comes to like um, song structure, what I want to write about in the song itself, um, what parts I envision being what, um, I have a particular idea of the way things go. And if somebody does something that like sort of blows away what I thought it could be, I'm all for it. Um, but once I get that one thing in my head, I'm kind of like, eh, let's just go back to what we were working on, you know? And, <laughs> and, um, that he had enough. Um, and then he asked me to join Grayson some years later. And then he eventually, mm. um, quit that band and that we dissolved and we came back about nine months ago and our EP or new EP came out today. Oh, yeah, wow. I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. Or I saw it That's on exciting. Facebook, whichever. Yeah, it's very, like, we're thrilled. Like, this is the, the, the best recording I think I've ever done. Like, the, the awesome. studio we worked in was, like, super professional, even though we had a ton of fun. Like, the, the producer would stand and stare while I played guitar and would just say, nope, do it again. <laughs> like, a lot, um, which is great. And then um, we got... Um, we got John Naclario from Nada Studios to master it, and he recently mastered um, that new Coheed and Cambria single that came out, Jesse's Girls 2, um, mm -hmm. if you heard that. Um, but he also did like a bunch of punk stuff, like uh, like Seosin and uh, Bayside and a ton of stuff. So like having that awesome. guy work on our record was a real a real treat. Is it... Is it uh... What's it like releasing a record during COVID? Like for the recording process, was that different? Or were you all in the studio or did you do it over the internet? Like I'm, I'm curious. So we, we were demoing back and forth what we wanted the. so we had okay. written the songs before COVID um, and practiced them a bunch. And we were originally supposed to go into the studio at the end of March. Obviously mm -hmm. that didn't happen. Um, so we took a couple months to send tracks back and forth to each other of just ideas that we would want to go into the songs once we did get to record them. Sure. And we came out nice. with, with, with some really shitty demos, but they had the, um, the general <laughs> idea pretty well down. And then, um, when we went into the studio in June, um, we wore masks and stayed the hell away from each other. Um, mm. and like when we wanted nice. to drink beer, we'd like go outside or, or stand in a corner. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I haven't like caught up with COVID as much as I probably should have, even though I actually had it. Like had it. But you had it. Really it? Yeah, I had That's it. Terrible. Not oh here God. for bragging rights. So I was one of the first yeah. twenty. I was one of the first twenty people in my state to have it. I feel. So was it very crazy. bad? Was it horrible? Uh, I mean, I think I wrote a little bit about it um, on my tiny letter or on Facebook or Twitter somewhere, yeah. one of those social media mm. things. In hindsight, it was really bad, but every time anyone asked me about it, I was like, eh, it was fine. But um, <laughs> I, was, I was talking to Belent the other day, and he's like, it was not fine because, as I said, I feel guilty, and I totally gave it to him, and he cracked his ribs from coughing. Oh, oh no. Oh, my God. But uh, and then I remembered all my like fever dreams and shit I had. If you've seen American Horror mm. Story, like I was envisioning like the intro to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's brutal. <laughs> brutal is like uh, the uh, live lot. action Aladdin was going on in the background. And I'm just like screaming, oh, like no. turn it lower, 
Yeah, the, yeah. There's few, <laughs> there's few things that are worse than that. So, but um, <laughs> was it as bad in Philly? Was it we as got bad? Pretty high numbers here. So, it was the governor really jumped on it early. Um, we were we were locked down um, like a day after they shut the schools down, mm-hmm. and. Um, everybody that I was, I talked to took it really seriously and didn't leave their house and, you know, got beer delivered, which was a nice touch. Um, and Philly had a pretty bad go for a little while, but that they're right now they're on the, uh, downward side of the, the slope, so to speak. And yeah, but, um, you know, it's a holiday weekend now. So people kind of like forget that, Hey, if you don't do X, Y, and Z, you could probably catch it. And even if you do those things, it's it's kind of likely that you might catch it if you're being dumb and going into big crowds. Yeah, it um, seems like we hallucinated a big pandemic. It doesn't seem like anyone's paying attention anymore. Yeah, no, it's it's weird. And, you know, but I, I do have to say, for the most part, my experience has been... Um, People do keep their distance, even if they're not wearing a mask. Um, I haven't run into a situation where I'm in a supermarket and somebody's just blatantly not wearing a mask and looking for someone to say something. Um, But I know people who have, and that's not a great situation, um, for sure. Now, did you wear a mask while, like, recording the music? So, yeah, um, everything but the, um, the vocals. And I was in a vocal booth by myself. Um, when I took the mask off to do the vocals. Um, but like, there's some gang vocals on there and like, we were all wearing masks for that. <laughs> you know, I was really curious about that. Cause you know, the new Taylor Swift album came out. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. revealing the basic bitch in me, but I was wondering <laughs> how like they did the featuring and everything. So do you think they did it through masks or do you think they later on? So probably with, with somebody like Taylor Swift, they had, people do it remotely in their home studios. Um, but she, they have, she was definitely in a, in a, in a, in a booth, um, probably alone unless, you know, they were COVID testing everybody working on the project every day, which is possible. Yeah. Cause you know, there's this one song that she uh, did with uh, Bon Iver and it, it sounded like they're together, but I just couldn't totally like tell the difference between the track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually interesting how how magical a recording studio can make a, an album sound. Um, like you would think that people are right next to each other or like mm. the band is performing. And it's like, oh, no, actually, like 10 people recorded that over one month in five different states. Um, it, it's wild. It's a wild thing. There's actually a really cool behind the scenes of... Uh that Jack Antonoff song, Good Morning, and him showing all the different like sound recordings and everything he had mm. to use for it. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely interesting. So where can we get your new album? It's on uh Apple Music. It's on Bandcamp. Um it will be on Spotify probably tomorrow. Um and uh, if you get it on Bandcamp you can get it for free. We are not asking for any money. Um and I just want you if if you like it, like share it with people because um, punk is sort of a thing that is it's sort of like a uh, an, an insider type deal, and it's kind of tough to seek out if you don't know what you're looking for. 
So if you dig, send it out to your friends. Do you think you would ever record it on vinyl? We're actually planning on on putting it to uh, uh, making a seven inch out of it. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! Definitely yeah, let us know awesome. when you do that. Oh, I will. I mean, we we probably can't afford more than like a hundred, <laughs> but um, <laughs> we'll. Uh, that's the plan right now. Is if is you build it, they will come. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, did you have any other questions, Andy, about the music or? Uh, one second. Yeah. So, <clears throat> what? 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 Uh, what instrument do you play again, Nick? Uh, guitar. Guitar. How long have you been doing guitar for? Oh boy. Um, Show us your twenty twenty one years. Kind of guitar. Twenty one years. Yeah, I probably started in eighth grade. I think I was fourteen or thirteen. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, it makes me feel really old, I have to say. So, um, you know what? Nobody knows your actual age, so you're good. That's true. And like with COVID, like I grew my hair out and shaved my beard, and I look like 10 years younger than I am. <laughs> Just because last time I saw you, you were actually graying in the beard. Yeah. Yeah, and the beard's gone. There's gray in the hair, but because it's longer, you're I'm totally hiding my massive widow's peak hairline. Um, gotcha. which is nice. <laughs> uh, who are some of your musical influences? Oh, sorry. Oh, influences. Oh, no. Um, no use for a name is one of the biggest influences mm. ever. Um, lag wagon strung out slick shoes. Um, I loved MXPX back in the day and, um, but my, my all-time favorite band is the Mighty Mighty Boston's, even though they're a ska band and like I don't know how to play ska music or write it. Um, they have like they started my love affair with aggressive music. Um, and no use for a name was the one that was like, hey, you can be aggressive and really fast at the same time. Mm. Um, so that's probably where we were where I'm coming from. Also, like um, like I love quicksand. Um and some 90s alt rock with like sick breakdowns like that first Foo Fighters record has the the gnarliest breakdowns ever um and there's something on this Grayson album that like is a is a callback to that sort of heavy rock and roll that people were doing that no longer gets done today or it probably gets done just nobody hears it so you know, I really like the way that you describe the music as aggressive and uh, very like strong and heavy and everything because mm. your writing feels so sentimental and soft. It's definitely a different thing for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's heavy contrast. I mean, actually, I was looking back at the for end sure. of the brief and I saw your uh, acknowledgement in it yeah. and you actually said the music you're listening to at the end of it. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I did not get that in this book at all. Yeah. Um, Explosions in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. I listen to Explosions in the Sky be- when I'm um, doing uh, revision. Um, I find that to be calming, but also like I need to be in an emotional space to, to really get where I'm going. Um, and emotion, uh, Explosions in the Sky does it, they do it that way. Um, so yeah, um, 
that was they're very like atmospheric right like oh yeah i feel like it's like a mood also but also very heavy sometimes like just just yeah like rattle your rib cage heavy (laughs) (laughs) which good grief does in a different way but yeah yeah i think so and like good grief is also like like tony the 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 protagonist is um like he's a suburban punk like he he his experiences in high school when it came to music were i they were based on my experiences going to vfws and and ymcas and seeing bands play and getting injured while you're dancing to them and those bands going on to like um to be massive uh international acts like have you guys have listened to the wonder years before right oh yeah like yeah. i used to play with them uh 15 16 years ago no way yeah they're from um yeah they're from a a small suburb outside of philadelphia called north wales there's like a a really huge punk scene in the lansdale area and they were they were called uh the premiere and we played with them all the time um and then our drummer decided to go on the local (laughs) the local um uh like website for all the shows that were happening in the, like the 40 mile radius. And he like blasted them for putting every, all the same bands on the same bill, even though we were one of those bands and we got blacklisted from that scene for like a decade. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What did you do? We had to go to Philly. Like to, we had to start playing in, in Philly and in like those in punk houses and, and like formerly, um famous rock clubs that had nothing to do with a punk scene whatsoever um and then like i don't know church basements that are putting on shows and we're not uh, a church like band and weren't i feel like a lot of church basements like like some indie rock or punk rock in general I'm getting Definitely. heavy gilmore girl vibes you, you know what I, mean? like, <laughs> I feel like that's like a thing it is well there's one of the one of the um, most famous punk venues in philly is the first unitarian church um oh oh, yeah and that place is a madhouse when they have shows um but like there's the 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 churches we were playing were like there were christian rock bands playing on that bill and we had no business being there and everybody (laughs) knew it I wonder if like the treatment of bands were different if you were like Christian as opposed to uh, not. So, so this is good. So we played a show <laughs> with uh, a Christian band called Salem yeah. Road, and they were really good. They were actually a really yeah. good band. Um, and then they invited us to go to a diner with them after the show. So we did, and um, we were sitting around, and and the guitarist who was the guitarist in our band before he left to join that one, he like mm. elbowed me and he goes, when what? the food comes, Oh yeah. He goes, when the food comes nose game, you know, you like, you put your finger to your nose. So you're exempt from whatever thing is coming to, is going to happen. Um, so we did. And whoever didn't, whoever put their finger to their nose last had to lead the prayer. And what? yeah. And there were like 14 people there. You know, and we're in the middle of the diner, and like I'm not trying to like be a jerk about being religious. I'm not a religious guy in the slightest way, but like, mm-hmm. like praying. Most of our generation aren't. Yeah, but like praying, period, makes me feel uncomfortable. Much less praying mm-hmm. in a crowded diner, holding hands with with band with people in a band I've just met. 
So it, it was weird. It was really weird. <laughs> honor is the assumption that they would know, like that you would know the prayers. I mean, what was it just like typical grace or? No, it was like, it was like, we're thankful for uh, this, this and this. And um, to our new friends. So it was like a non-denominational type of thing, but I'm, oh. I'm like, Gosh. I'm, I haven't been, I mean, I went to Catholic school and that sort of like Same. burnt the church out of me when I was like, <laughs> 12 about Catholic school that just it, like does all that, down. Yeah. Oh, it's the guilt. It's the, the like, guilt, they're just like, right? you should feel bad for Catholic every impulse. Catholic guilt. Who is yeah. actually still Catholic. Like we all hate God. It's, well, I, I, it's like, um, Hey, you're holding hands with your girlfriend. You're going to hell. I'm like, Oh Jesus. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, that you guys so. didn't realize that they would actually, uh, measure our skirts to make oh, sure yeah. that they were actually too short. Oh yeah, mm. I remember that. And like they they'd send girls home for that at my school if oh, it was too short. We would just have parents get called. Oh There's man, nothing better than having your father called for that reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like I said, like I'm not I'm not bashing religious folk or people who are into that. I'm just oh, like yeah, yeah. I like oh, yeah, I definitely. I re- sure. <laughs> I really. <laughs> Really, if like if you want to pray, that's great. Um, just let me know so I can I can like step out for a minute, just so I don't mm. feel weird. I don't want to like I don't want to step on your vibe. Bit. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm like Jim Halpert making weird faces. You know what I mean? <laughs> just let me just you do your thing. I'll be right back. You know, <laughs> let's be friends. But I'll, I'll be right back. So um, back to writing and your music influence sure. and everything. I noticed in Good Grief, actually, you do mention uh, OAR, Dave Matthews Band, Fish. Yeah, yeah. Did you listen to any of that while writing it, or? I did not. Um, I a bunch of the guys that I went to high school with, um, it was either you were you were like a like a punk kid, like I was, or you were into like jam bands, and. Um, the dudes who were into the jam bands, they had like the hemp necklaces and like the Birkenstocks and, um, (laughs) like we were like wearing Chucks or Vans. Like it was like this really, this interesting split. It was like a socioeconomic split where like the dudes who got driven in, in their big expensive BMWs. Um, they were like the OAR jam band folk. And then the guys that took the bus were the punks. And I was, <laughs> I was on the bus. Talk so, about a class division, damn. It was wild. And it was like, it was a, it's a, an all boys college prep high school. I had no business going to. Um, <laughs> and like, it was a clear split, but um, by senior year, that split sort of, had dissolved and most people were really really kind to each other but i remember freshman year like it was not comfortable (laughs) i feel like that's high school for most people but yeah yeah yeah, for sure so you just came out with a new book you want to tell us about it and by just i mean a couple months ago yeah um the this this poor book has this it's a covid book unfortunately that (laughs) um it's got buried in in the in the in the unfortunate time we're in Mm. but um yeah it's called with a difference it is a a cover split book um that i co-wrote with um 
a guy, actually a friend of mine who went to my high school um, and also then went and got his MFA from the same college that I did. Um, and I approached him with the idea of like, I want to make your poems into short stories and I want you to do the opposite. Um, and he was very excited. Um, and then I, I sort of related it to, I don't know if you guys have, uh, back in the day, who says back in the day? Holy shit. Um, <laughs> but like in, in 2002 or three, Rancid and NoFX did a cover split album where they covered each other's songs. And I thought that's that was awesome. the coolest thing ever. And that's literally where this idea for this book came from. Oh. Um, and Fran, Francis Delario was super into it. And it took a little while to get off the ground. Um, like I was sending him short stories because he was he was um, he was fresh off a new book that was coming out, and the guy that he was collaborating with, who did all the pencil drawings in his books, um, unfortunately committed suicide. It was um, Scott Hutchison from Frightened Rabbit. I don't, I'm not sure if you know that band, um, but they he, he took a big hit from that, um, and but he sort of used. Um, this book as a way to distance himself after he was ready to. Um, and he came out, he, he turned some of my short stories into, into outrageously gorgeous poems, um, that are, I'm still in awe by them. Um, because I'm like, I'm pretty sure the short story is not as good as this. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of heart in both. You both did amazing. Oh, thank you. It's um, it's a special book, and I'm 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 so proud of it. And and the and Fran actually, his idea for it was like, well, if it was inspired by music, why don't we get uh, a cover artist who worked, who made their sort of name by doing cover art for bands, and then why don't we make it like a vinyl record? where you literally have to flick the book over to read the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was all him. And then we got uh, Addie Russell to do the art, who she did a couple Death Cab for Cutie albums. Um, that was sick. Yeah. And she that was, it was so wonderful to work with her. She she didn't just do the cover. She did the full layout of of oh, the, wow. the cover and the, the back and like how it was going to run. And, and my God, it just... Could not have get into contact with her. Oh, that was all Fran. Um, Fran has this amazing ability just to like slide into somebody's DMs and ask them for something, and they do it. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was Nathan because he's really, really into the music crowd. Yeah, yeah. Nate was actually the one that like we were. So Nate um, is the the editor in chief of Trident Press, who Mm -hmm. um, put the book out, and he the the whole project was like fully formed when he decided to publish it. So like, he was like, okay, when are we doing the cover, who's going to do it? And then Fran's like, I have an idea. I'll get right back to you. And sure enough, that's, that's what happened. Um, my favorite kind of writing. Yeah. Like Fran, he, he, (laughs) he's funny. Like he read at $2 radio's bookstore just because he asked them to. Mm -hmm. Um, It's incredible. And he, yeah. And the Scott Hutchison from, Frightened Rabbit was literally a Facebook DM. It was like, hey, I love your music. You're my favorite band. I love your art. Will you do pencil drawings to my poems? And dude was just like, yeah. 
<laughs> so I have um, no such audacity um, when it comes to anything. So well, at to least be, you have to connect with Fran. Oh my God! Without Fran, there would like literally this book would have never been in the form that it's in. Like I did not, when the idea hit me, I did not expect it to look like this. So you definitely helped it glow up. <laughs> he did big time, <laughs> big time. Like he, I was like that, like that, like uh, scraggly punk in an alley. <laughs> and he was like, Hey, let me clean you up a little bit. Let's <laughs> tidy up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say any of that scraggly punk in an alleyway vibe is anywhere in that book or are you really trying to match more of Fran's tone? So I wasn't trying to match Fran's, I guess I was trying to match his tone. So what I wanted to do with it, I was like, I wanted them to be total reimaginings of the work previous, as opposed to like, like a line for line translation of what, um, Fran's intent was for a poem. Mm-hmm. So there is one poem in, in Fran's book called um, If and When We Wake called uh, Ground Rules. And Ground Rules is just sort of this really <sighs> tense lament on like, don't bring politics into this. Don't bring religion into this. Let's just be, you know what I mean? And I turned that into um, I renamed it as uh, Ground Rules Mondays on CBS, and I turned it into this like bizarro game show with Ryan Seacrest, and he brings a family onto stage, and like he kind of goads them into fighting with each other. That's hype as fuck. <laughs> and then like it's told from the perspective of the audience, this collective we who they just they become a giant beast and like eat Seacrest. So. <laughs> yeah, you got us all there with that one. <laughs> yeah. Fran was like, uh, holy shit, <laughs> that got dark fast. I'm like, yeah. It's like the ending yep. of the Joker, just like, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, what happened? What happened to these people? TV happened, friends. <laughs> <laughs> TV, the video games, whatever. Blame what yeah. you have to. Exactly. That goddamn angry music. Right, right. (laughs) So, I think we're at that point of the podcast where we're going to ask you to read an excerpt that you felt fit your musical influences or whatever, what have you. Yeah. So, I there was one that stood out right away when you when you asked me to do this, and it's it's called "Skate Punk in Your Nursery." Um, and do you want me to just get going on it? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, for sure. So this is uh, Skate Punk in Your Nursery. It's raining. Your mom's painting. Her belly's big. Her back's hunched. Her feet don't fit in her chucks anymore. Her face is red enough to turn the paint she's rolling onto the plaster walls a different shade. She's scraped a line into the wall with her new Audi, left a sky blue dot on her shirt. She's she's singing a 10-foot pole song she only listens to when it's been a lousy... When it's been lousy out for a couple days, she sings, I want to last forever. Sings, like plastic in the landfill of your memory. Sings, will you remember me? At my wall, I'm rolling streaks I know are going to need to be painted over. And your mom's going to want to do it herself. She's going to tell me that, she's going to tell me so later on. She'll be nice about it, always is. 
but I'm stuck on the raindrops clinging to the window you're going to look through while I'm holding you, when you're waiting for the school bus, when your boyfriend honks his horn because he's an idiot, when you're moving out thinking you've looked out that window your whole life. I'm stuck because despite the gray in the sky and the overflowing creek down the hill, the rain hitting the glass almost helps your mom keep time. A snare hit once a second, the bass drum galloping just underneath the wind chime cymbals outside. Your mom doing her best impression of a bratty, sarcastic punk rock voice. And I'm bumbling around the room, tripping over drop cloths, phone in hand, trying to record it all. I'm whispering to myself that I need to remember all of it just in case the recording doesn't get it all right. I'd tell five-year-old you to listen. Watch. Tell 18-year-old you just to live in it, kid. Don't rush so much. 23-year-old you, before you drive your car full of your stuff away from here, to stay a minute, get a coffee, take a seat. Because the recording can't capture it, and it'll end too soon, and you'll still be in your mom a little while longer yet. Your mom sings, when my warranty expires, when all is said and done, sings, will there be a trace? Sings, will you remember me? Then she says, wall's not going to paint itself. The smirk on her face, in her voice. And it's gone. The rain on the window, just rain. The chimes outside, tinkling non-music. I tell your mom that I would, if I could go back, take that moment and make a snow globe out of it. Something. A tableau on a loop. Your mom singing, the rain keeping time, me painting, recording, telling your mom that if I could go back, I would take that moment and make a snow globe out of it. Forever. A billion copies of the same set of seconds. Minutes. Just before the rains, just the rain. And just before your mom gets pissed, she ruined another good shirt with her belly full of you. Your mom says, how come? I pointed her belly. For her. You could write about it. Record yourself talking about it. I say, maybe. Then dab my finger into the paint belly button and dot her nose with it. She goes back to painting, ruining her shirt, singing. A different song. No use for a name, I think. Something dreary but upbeat. And it's not the same as before. Can't be. But it's new. And maybe you can make a pile of those snow globes in a snow globes in your mind as they come. Some place they'll last the rain will act as the rhythm section to some dumb, fun song you heard for the first time back in high school. And when you look out your daughter's bedroom window, you'll remember the one you grew up looking through. And then, maybe, this will come back to you. Old and yellow, the pages stiff and noisy, but still full of the stuff we did before you. Your mom and I paint the rest of the afternoon. It rains for another couple days. And nothing really special happens. Not like we were told it would when we were kids, like we told you were, like, like we told you when you were a kid. But your mom keeps that wrecked shirt on all day, wears it to bed, and we laugh about it in the morning, touching up the spots we missed on your nursery wall. The end. That was fantastic. <laughs> that was really great. Thank you. Thanks Definitely that. really fit what we were going for. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad for that. Thank you. Um, what was the uh, Franz poem that like went together with that? Uh, Sarder in your nursery. Nice. Yeah, I like that, that was, one. Yeah, and that was released in Hypertrophic Literary. 
um, a while ago. I can't remember. But Andy, yeah. do you have any other questions you'd like to ask? Uh, I think that's everything I have. Yeah, I'd say that's all that we have. I mean, Great. we'll definitely want you back again because, I mean, come on, you're just like such a treasure. You got to come back. Got to come back. I would love to. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, that was really great. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Of course. Okay. So um, does anyone want to plug their social media or where you can buy your book, Nick? Yeah. Um, I am on Instagram at Mr. Underscore Nick underscore. Um, I'm on Twitter at... Um, no, actually, that was my Twitter handle. Uh, Instagram is Mr. <laughs> underscore underscore Nick. <laughs> um, um, you can get um, all of my books pretty much anywhere you want. Um, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, IndieBound, etc. But um, it's always best to go direct from publisher. So um, good grief in this distance from maudlinhouse.net. And then um, th- with a difference is with um, uh, Trident Press, which eludes me at the moment but if you look up trident bookstore boulder colorado there will be a link right there um and there are wonderful people and nate is terrific um and he'll get you a book very quickly yeah i definitely know it's through their bookstore uh, website yep yep um my info is like at mouth smart for everything andy uh mine's uh, for twitter at andy t187 Okay. If Perfect. anyone else is interested in being on this podcast, DM me or Andy. Let us know. Yeah. Hopefully you guys like it. <laughs>